0: come before you knowing that you are a God who is for us this morning. Knowing that you are a God who is with us this morning, a God who, as your Word says, never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we can stand on your promises. Come on, church. We can stand on His promises. Despite what life would throw our way, despite what the enemy would cast our way, we can stand on what God has called us to be and on who God has called us to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we are made in your image this morning. And we are victorious as a result. Thank you, Jesus. We're victorious as a result. I just, I just want us to lift up God in this moment. Come on, church, let just lift him up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. There's no one like you. In your holy name, amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. I'm really excited about the message that God has got for us today Because it's a message that as I've been preparing It's just, just continue to change who I am from the inside out And I believe today that that is something that God wants to do in every life here like we can, we can get into a rut as Christians. We get into a point where, where we think that we've got everything sorted or we've got, our, we've got our mindsets in the right place. But I believe that God wants to change some of your thinking today because He knows that as you change your thinking, you change the direction to life. This morning, He wants to change you from being someone who is easily overcome to someone who easily overcomes. He wants to take you from being a victim to circumstance to being a victor in your circumstance. I wanna talk to the men this morning and say, you aren't called to to cave under pressure, but you are called to lead your family through the darkness. You're called to lead your family through the valley of the shadow of death. That is what God has called you to. And that doesn't start out here by acting. I can act tough. Not really, probably, being honest. I probably can't. I know some people who can act tough, but on the inside, they're just scared little boys. They're just scared little people, desperately in need of a father's love. And I wanna say to you, the battle isn't won out here. The battle's won in here. The battle's won in here. And God wants to change some people's thinking this morning. He wants to change some people's mindsets because you've been viewing yourself wrong and it's time to see yourself as who you're created to be. Amen? Let's give God a shout of praise. So good. In your holy name, amen. You may take a seat, give someone a high five, tell someone Jesus loves them. Awesome. I wanna read to you from a scripture um, in in Judges chapter six, if we can get that up there. It's it's one of my, um, that is not my scripture. Judges chapter six, verse 11 to 16, go to the next part. Are you sure you've got judges? Cause that doesn't look like judges to me. Everyone say God is good. God is good. Those scriptures will get up there soon. Um, but when it's a story of a man named Gideon, everyone say Gideon. Gideon was alive in the nation of Israel during a time um, um, where there was a lot of oppression. The neighboring country had come in and had invaded their space, had invaded um, um, the people of God. And, and as a result, they, they, were in a, they were living in a season of poverty. And, and I believe when I look around, there are so often, we, we, we're, as families, we're living in seasons of poverty, and I'm not just talking about finances, I'm talking about emotional poverty, I'm talking about emotional struggles, emotional um, 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 unhealth, and, and, and we're living in a season where things are difficult, and, and here was Gideon, he was living in his nation of Israel throughout a season of poverty because the neighboring nations, the enemy, had invaded, and I think sometimes as Christians, we can live our lives, we can live our lives well, we can live our lives good, but we're not living according to the abundance that God has because we're living in, in struggles. What chapter have you got? Judges chapter 6, verse of poverty. And, and we're living in a season Emily, family, and, and our kids wake up, the enemy has invaded. And and we're looking at our lives, we're looking at our family and and our kids wake up in the morning and they're healthy and we send them off to school and our job seems okay, but, but there's still something we feel like we're missing. And I believe in some of our cases, the enemy has invaded our inner self. He's invaded our mindsets and we no longer believe in who God has called us to be. We no longer believe that we can change the world. I remember a lot of times as a kid that I would look forward to my future and I'm really honored to have Pastors Pam and Bryce with us this morning. Everyone give Pam and Bryce a hand. They are a huge part of my childhood. Um, um, I think my parents first joined this little tiny Pentecostal church in a little town called Iketahuna when I was about five years old. And, and, and I remember like sitting under their leadership and, and that's, some of the, that's the first times I raised my hands, first time I probably spoke in tongues um, throughout that time. And, and I remember as a kid looking forward to the future, knowing that God had something significant for me. That God had something for me that was going to make a difference, not out of a place of vanity, not out of a place of thinking that I was better then, but out of a place of knowing who I was in God. And how many of you know, how many of you know that sometimes we can know who we are in God, but we allow life to kind of decrease that mindset, decrease that value. And I want to say to you, God wants to change your mind this morning about yourself. He wants to change your mind about yourself because he's got something for you to live out. He's got a purpose for you to step into. He's got a people for you to reach. There are neighbourhoods that only you can connect with, but if you choose to believe that you are nobody and nothing in God, they will never be reached. Come on, it's so important that you would say, come on, God, I am who you say I am. I am who you've chosen me to be. Because as we do, we don't just set our family free, but we set those around us free. So here we have Gideon. And, and I'm just gonna read the scripture to you very, very quickly because I know that I can preach very, very long if I don't. Here we have Gideon who, who God saw him as a mighty warrior. God saw him as someone who was gonna set his people free, yet his own mindset was his own worst enemy. And we're just gonna look at the scripture very quickly. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joaz, where his son Gideon, everyone say Gideon, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So here we already see a, a portion of, of Gideon's character. Gideon is a person who's afraid, he's a person who's worried. Um, um, the, the wheat usually gets pressed in an open space, but here he is in a wine press, in a closed space, hiding from the enemy because he's afraid of what the enemy might do. And I just want to speak prophetically right now. I think there is, there, that God is going to bring some people into an open space where you've been hiding in a small space, scared of what the enemy might do. You've been hiding in a small mindset because you're scared of what the enemy might do. You've been hiding in a small dream because you're scared of what the enemy might do. And God is saying, I'm gonna lift you out of there. No longer shall you be who you see yourself to be, but you will be who I see you to be, and you'll be led into large, open spaces. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Everyone say, Mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. If the Lord of Egypt, now the why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? Now the Lord has abandoned us. Next slide, and given us into the hand of an enemy. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Here is a young man, absolutely no. Um, self-esteem, no security in and of himself, yet God points at him and says, you go in the strength that you have and save the nation that you are part of. Come on, right now, church, it's time for us to go in the strength we have. Maybe the strength you have isn't very strengthy. Maybe it's not very strong, but God is calling you to go in the strength you have. You know, I love that, that, that we as a people, we as a church, we don't have to wait till we get as strong as someone else before we can go and see people in our lives changed and saved. We can go in the very strength we have. Maybe right now you feel like you're in a wine press. God's called you to go. God's called you to go in the strength that you have. Verse six, um, go in the strength you have and save Israel. Verse 15, Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least. I wonder what your mindsets are doing to who you believe you can be. God says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. And Gideon says, my clan is the weakest and I am the least. I wonder what mindsets are stopping you from stepping into what God has called you to do. If there are people in your life that don't know Jesus, there is calling for you to live out. If there are people in Nelson that don't know God, there is a calling for you to live out. And I'm telling you, the greatest reason that so many of us aren't stepping into the call of God is because we're looking at things with, with a worm's eye view rather than a bird's eye view. Look, we, we get down and we're, we're, we get all down about ourselves and we're looking down from this, this small place, this small mindset, this wine press mentality, and we're looking up And all of the obstacles, all of the problems, the mission, the purpose, everything that God's got for us, and it's huge. It's ginormous, and therefore, we just cower under the weight of what could be, of what should be, and we start to think, oh, maybe God never called me. Maybe God called Derek, because Derek's up on stage. Derek can do that. Or maybe God called someone else because they're really friendly. They know how to talk to people. But God hasn't called me. And we look at life from this worm's eye view, whereas God has called us to soar. God has called us to live with a greater mindset. God has called us to look at life with a bird's eye view, to see the obstacles, to see the challenges, to see the purpose, to see everything He's chosen us to do, but to soar above it and say, man, with God, I am an overseer. I am not over come, he went on and he saved his entire nation through miracle after miracle after miracle. He went in the strength he had, and God added to him the strength that he had. You know, God's not asking you to do it on your own. He's not asking us to do it on our own, but he's asking us to fight the battle on our own mind so that we can move into the call that God's got for us, so we can move into everything he's established for us. Church, I wonder how you feel about yourself and how that is affecting what God has called you to do. I know for me, far too often, I will, I will, and just once again, being vulnerable, the series has all been about vulnerability, once again, leaving the stage on a Sunday and going, "Wow, well, God, I just mucked that up. Or, or going home and starting, my, um, starting to prepare for the next sermon, going, man, I can never beat what I did last week, that was awesome, so how am I gonna do it this time? And we have this constant battle in our mind because the enemy knows that if he gets your mind, he's got your future. He knows that if he gets your mind, he's got your future. And I believe throughout the series, God's just gonna unpack and open some stuff up as to how you can move into what he's called you to do and what he's called you to be. Gideon, he was literally pressing wheat in a wine press. It wasn't rational. You know, I wonder how many of you make irrational decisions. Are there any irrational decision makers here in this place? Anyone, being honest? Like me, this is me. I'm like, I'm, going to, I'm gonna eat healthy. And um, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna have just carrot sticks and. And all of that gross stuff and it's gonna be fantastic. And and then life happens and, and I've been strong for two days and I'm like, man, I'm the, I'm a hero of my own story. I've I've just had carrot sticks, and then life happens and I get sad and I hate a whole bunch of KFC. And you know, it, it, irrational decisions. Irrational decisions or or where we've been we've been really good with our finances and things are progressing, and we're like, we're saving for stuff. I've got five kids, as most of you know. My two oldest, we, we pay them a little bit for some chores around the house, and, and and they're always saving, like, man, I'm gonna buy a BMX bike, I'm gonna do this, I want to buy this, I want to buy that, and then they go to the corner shop and buy bucket loads of lollies, and all of a sudden the BMX is out the window, and you know, we make these irrational decisions, we make these irrational choices, and I think that simply sometimes it's because the wires in our mind have become crossed. The wires in our mind are not in a place where where we should be making these decisions or maybe a little bit more seriously. God has challenged you to apologize to someone for something you've done wrong. And you're getting yourself ready, you're getting yourself ready until that person looks at you in a certain way and then all of a sudden you're like I'm not apologizing to that person. And again an irrational decision and you hold on to unforgiveness. Or or you know what I called you to do. I remember prophetic word after prophetic word after prophetic word over my life and I would believe someone to cave into temptation. I would say this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going until I was angry at God and then I would say I'm gonna cave into temptations and go the opposite direction and we make these irrational decisions. You know, I think that sometimes the wires in our mind have simply become crossed, and it's our job to uncross them. I spoke last time about the scientific thing around if you choose something long enough, if you choose to think a certain way long enough, it becomes a neural pathway. It becomes a new neural pathway. The Bible refers to that as renewing our mind. Science prefer, refers to that as creating neural pathways. And, and, and the concept of that is this. It's, it's that if you if you know that there's a destructive thought in your life, and I'm just gonna recap a little bit of last week. If you know that there's a destructive thought in your life, so often that becomes the, the pattern for you. It becomes like the rut that you walk in in your mind and, and, and things will go bad and you naturally go in that direction. But the Bible says that God has called us to be transformed by the the renewing of our mind and, and, and science says that we, have to create, that, that we can create new neural pathways and it matches up. What, is, what do you do is like, you, you literally look at the mistake, you look at the bad way of thinking, you think, no, 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 that's a lie. I'm gonna choose a new way of thinking and I'm gonna walk in that mindset instead. You, and you can choose, no, I am the weakest, I am the least in my clan, or you can say, no, 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 God says that I am a mighty warrior. At first you'll feel like you're fibbing to yourself, at first you'll feel like you're lying because you wanna go down this pathway where you say, I am the least, I am the smallest, I am the meekest. But instead, as you walk with God, you begin to realize as the grass grows over that rut, as the, as the obstacles disappear, it no longer is the attractive direction of going, and you start to realize, no, no, this is where I'm going. This is the direction. God has called me to be something greater. I am not something insignificant or small. Um, it's something, it's a mindset that I've tried to create in all of our kids right from the very beginning, and, and I share this story often because it actually does make a huge difference to us as, as a family is every night before they go to sleep, there's the one question I ask them every night and I'm like, what are you? And every single time they'll re- simply respond with, I'm destined for greatness. Why? Because I don't want them to keep choosing to walk down this path. I'm the weakest, I'm the least, I've got nothing to offer. I want them to walk down this path where they say, no, no, no. in God, I'm a mighty warrior. In God, I'm destined for greatness. In God, I'll see families one to Jesus. In God, I'll see miracles take place. Yet far too many of us in our own Christian journey, we settle for small thinking. We settle for a mindset that is insignificant or small. And God's saying, no, 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 rise up, mighty men and women. Right now, you might be stuck in the wine press. Right now, you might be stuck in, in, a, in, a, in a negative thought pattern, but I've got something greater for you. Because here's the thing, church, you will never have a positive life if you have a negative. Someone's got to write that down. Someone's gotta write that down. Maybe here, and I'm just gonna be a little bit blunt, maybe you're you're in this room and, and you know that people avoid you. You know that people literally walk in the opposite direction when you come and talk to them. Maybe it's because your mindset is simply extremely negative. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mindset. Things a ne- you don't attract positive um, positivity to you if all you can do is look at this. I have wires saying it's time to uncross the wires because I've wired you for greatness. I've wired you for significance. But until your brain uncrosses those wires, until you force yourself, until you think through some things and create those new neural pathways, because your brain is not static, it's not static, it creates, it keeps forming, it keeps creating. Once once you've created those good thoughts, you can move forward. Um, for those of you who've got little kids now and for those of us who've had little kids, we know that if, if you pick up a baby and, and, and if you pick up a baby every single time it cries, just pick it up, what are you creating in its mindset? Is that if I go, mum's gonna come and pick me up. And, and I think that this is one of the greatest reasons that we've still got teenagers running around going, because someone's always run to their aid and picked them up. You know, and it's the same way with us. If we, every single time, we, 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 we choose the negative mindset, we're never going to move in a positive direction. You know, the battle is in the mind. It's time to say, come on, I'm gonna fight the battle in here so that out here I can make a difference, I can move forward. Come on, men, mum, mums, dads in this place, your children need you to fight the battle in your mind. Don't just give up. Don't just give up, because if you do, you are setting a direction and an example for those that are following you. It's time to defeat the enemy. It's time to defeat the enemy. Gideon's greatest enemy was not the enemy that was invading his land. Gideon's greatest enemy was the enemy that had already invaded his mind. I am from the weakest clan, I'm the weakest. No, 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 Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. You're a mighty warrior. You might never have fought in a battle in your life, but you're a mighty warrior, because that's who I've called you to be. That's who I've called you to be. Our brain is constantly evolving. I just want to go to scripture, two Corinthians ten, verse three to five. And it says this For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Someone say divine power to demolish strongholds, say demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Everyone say we take captive. Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does it say? It says this that you take captive. It says, we take captive every thought. We make obedient. I think often we come to church waiting for God to take captive every thought. The power to church waiting for God to make every thought obedient to Him. When the Bible says, no, 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 you've got obedient to Him, make that thought captive. You've got the power to take that thought to Jesus and make it obedient to Him. You know, the word stronghold, it simply means a wrong thought pattern, a wrong something that's established itself in your life and made itself strong. Something that's settled in your life and it's grown and it's become strong. It's like walls have gone up in your life and that's the way you think. It's time to take those thoughts captive and to bring them before Jesus. It's time to take those thoughts that tell you that you're not good enough, to take those thoughts that tell you you're not going to amount to anything, take those thoughts that tell you that you'll never be who God's called you to be and bring them before Jesus and say, No, no, I'm going to put an end to this here, not just for my future, not just for the future of my children, but for the future of the people that God has called me to lead. Because church, it doesn't matter how insignificant you view yourself, you are leading people right now. You are leading people in the way you choose to live. You lead people in the way you think. You lead people in the way you operate. You lead people with your finances. You lead people with your words. It doesn't matter what you're doing, who you are, whether you're Gideon as, as weak and mild, or whether you're Gideon as mighty as a warrior. You're leading people. There are people following, there are people watching, and God is saying it's time to show them a new way of living life. It's time to show them a new direction, to step forward into everything God has got for them. It's time to create those new neural pathways. I love the, um, I love the Apostle Paul. He's, he's obviously someone who's written a ginormous part of the New Testament. And, and, and one, of, one of my favorite scriptures of him is found in Philippians 4 verse 8. And and he says like it's, it's one of his final thoughts. We can have that scriptures up there. It says finally, everyone say finally. And so he's basically written this, this letter. He's written in this letter and, and then he says, finally. So he, we know that he's getting to the crux of what he wants them to remember. It's like when a pastor says for the hundredth time, I'm about to finish my message. This is what I want you to remember. This is Paul. He's like, finally, brothers and sisters, this is what it all comes down to. This is what it all settles on. I've written all of these words, but if there's one thing you remember, this is what I want you to remember. And he says, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things." When it comes to the end of absolutely everything, when you've done everything you can, when you've thought every single thought, when you've done everything you can to achieve greatness, this, this is what I want you to remember. Whatever is noble, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The beautiful thing about the scripture is that as he's writing this, he's literally in jail. He's literally in the fit for God and it's ended up place free in his mind. He was definitely free to live the life that God had called him to live. He's like, it doesn't matter where I am in the physical. I know that in my spiritual, I know that with God, I am free. I'm 100% the mighty warrior He's called me to be. I might be in jail, I might be in the wine press, but on the inside, I'm increasing. On the inside, I'm growing. On the inside, I'm expanding. I'm meditating with God. Um, the, and the New Kings James Version says, instead of saying think about such things, it says meditate upon these things. God's called you to meditate. And, and the reason why is this, is because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you're not thinking, and if your mind's not focused on that which is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, your life will not move in the direction of things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. If you're thinking in the opposite, that is where your life will go. And God's called you to move in a way that is so much stronger. Your life is always moving in the direction of your greatest thoughts. If you want to change your life, you've got to change your thinking. It's gotta take place, it's gotta happen. And, and I wanna look at very quickly today, there are two disciplines, and, and I'm gonna look at one of them next week, one of them today, um, um, around focusing on your mind, meditating your mind. And the first one is this, you've got to train your mind. Your mind, your, mind, it, 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 your mind's got a mind of its own is what I was gonna say. <laughs> your mind want, wants to go in its own direction because you've created these neural pathways that will always go in one direction but you've literally got to train your mind. I I enjoy going to the gym a little bit. Like I, I, I go to the gym probably about four times a week. I don't know if I'm making any difference at all, but anyway, I go there because I know it's good for my body. What I've realized though, is that I could go to the gym every single day to train my body, do the biceps thing, do the curls, do the treadmill thing. I could do it every single day, but if I'm putting the wrong thing in my body, I'm never gonna see any results. If I have KFC for lunch every single day but go to the gym every single day straight afterwards, how many of you know you're not going to see a six-pack here ever in my life? I'm, I'm slowly giving up hope that's going to happen anyway. But this is, it's the same with our minds. We can train our minds. We can, we can, we can, we can try and train our minds, but it's, it's, it's all about what you're putting in as well. You can't just train your mind. You've got to put the right things into your mind if you want to move in the right direction. That's why Paul is saying, you know what? Right now, I'm in jail, but I'm more free than the rest of you. Right now, I'm in jail, I'm locked up, but I'm more free than the rest of you. Why? Because my no mind is focused on that which is right. My mind is focused on that which is true, which is noble, pure, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy. That's where my mind is. Yet so God's called us, we lock ourselves up because we don't focus any negativity the enemy sends our way. It's time for us to train our minds. Turn to your neighbor and say, train your mind. If you go to the gym, you think you'll be in good shape, but it's not just about what you do with your body, it's about what you put in. It's not just about what you do with your mind, it's about what you put in. You have gotta put truth in in your mind. If you wanna defeat a a, a little bit of a challenge right now, if you're not, I know we all live under freedom, but if you're not spending time in the Word of God every single day, you're not putting truth in, you're not gonna grow. You're not putting truth in because the enemy, he'll come and tell you a lie. He'll tell you you're not good enough. But if you've got nothing to stand on, no promise to hold on to, then all you're going to believe is that pathway of thinking. Come on, you need to spend time in the Word of God. Why? Because that's where truth is found. The truth will set you free. That is where truth is found. You cannot just hide in a wine winepress for the rest of your days, thinking it's gonna magically take place. No, 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 no. It's, gonna, it's called investing into who you are, believing truth, taking it on board, focusing the mind and training, putting the good stuff in. Psalm 119, verse 15 to 16 puts it this way. It says, That's Psalm 116, verses 15 to 16. Psalm 119 says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your words. Psalm 143, verse five says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate, everyone say meditate, on all your works and consider what your hands have done. The Bible refers to us meditating a lot. Meditating simply means to focus our minds on and then to bring about change through that. I remember when we first um, moved to New Zealand, so I moved to New Zealand once when I was three, my parents moved back when I was to Holland when I was seven, and then we moved back here when I was nine. So I'm talking about when I moved back here when I was nine. So we, we knew, we spoke Dutch a lot, That's, that was our language of obviously speaking, that was the language we spoke. And when we came to New Zealand, it was a real struggle for us kids to switch back to speaking English. And, and it was kind of like this. It was kind of like you'd, you'd say hello to someone and they'd say hello back and then they'd ask you a question and you'd sit there with it in your mind for a little bit and you'd translate that question into Dutch. You would come up with the answer to that question into Dutch. You would then translate that Dutch answer into English and then you would speak it. So it was this whole process. So we were always like quite quiet at that stage because we were just like, Except for when we got real passionate and angry. Then we'd just, which Dutch people do a lot. Then we'd switch over and we'd just go straight back to Dutch at each other like this. But it wasn't until we got to a point where we uncrossed the wires, and we could, instead of hearing what the person was saying in English, and they having to translate it into Dutch, it's easy to have heard what they were saying in English, and in the kingdom of God, it's the same with what we get told. The enemy will tell you that you will hear something, there'll be a situation that comes up in your life, and you will hear it in a negative sense, and then you'll have to translate it, and you'll have to tell yourself the truth for a while, and then you believe, that, and then you'll say, okay, no, I'm going to operate in the truth of God. But if you operate in the truth of God, if you speak the language of, let's just say English, long enough, eventually, you, the wires will be uncreed. The enemy will, instead of believing the lie to begin with, you'll immediately hear the truth. Like that rather than 1st might be like, actually, I know that's a lie because I already knew I know who I am. And you'll respond out of that rather than first, well, maybe I'm not good enough what does the Word of God say? I'm gonna have to study this. Oh, God says I'm good. No, 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 enemy, I am good enough. No, the time is coming. If you train your mind, if you make sure that what you're putting in is noble and true, if you're meditating on the Word of God, that the enemy will throw things your way and you'll immediately respond with the truth of God. You'll immediately respond rather than having to go on a journey. God has called you to shut down the limitations. And often the limitation isn't in your body, it's in your mind. Often the limitation is not in who you are, but it's simply the mindset that you've got. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, um, I'm like an, AD, I'm an ADD prayer. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna spend some time with God and, and I'll go to my quiet place and I'll be like, thank you, Jesus. I just wanna thank you for who you are. You're, you're, you're amazing. You're awesome. Thank you for the very, very many gifts of my life. Um, thank you that I've got food to eat food. I, I like food. Um, um, thank you that Rachel's currently cooking pork chops. And my mind has then shifted to what I'm about to eat. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about, oh, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't check the oil in the car. I didn't register my car. Wait a minute, I've got to go and do that. How do I get out of doing that? Because I don't like doing that sort of stuff. And immediately my mind's gone on this whole thought and I've literally spent 30 seconds praying and the rest of my mind's in my quiet time thinking about stuff outside of that. And that's why God's saying, no, 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 Meditate on my precepts, meditate on who I am. Get to a point where you've trained your mind to actually focus on who God is. And the way I currently do this, I will go to my room, I'm not excellent at it, but I'm getting better. I'll go to my, my quiet space and I'll just say, God, I love you. And then I'll wait for God to drop someone in my spirit that I can pray for. And then maybe God will drop Mapu into my mind. And I'll be like, Lord, I thank you for Mapu. I thank you that he's growing. I thank you that he's leading his family. I thank you that he's a phenomenal man of God. I just declare over his life right now that there's there's strength, there's there's, there's, there's your your mindsets on his life. There's more of that. And then I'll be like, wait, I thank you, Lord, for Tanita, Mapu's wife. I just declare over her that she would be um, fruitful, that she would just love on you, that she would just walk. And I just force my mind to literally stay with the thing that I'm praying for. And then after I've done that for like literally 20 minutes, I, I find that I've gotten a lot more, freer in who I am with God. All of a sudden, I can really just sense his presence. I can just really just talk to him as if he's sitting there in the room. But it takes us actually putting in some work. If you've got mindsets right now that are robbing you of who God's called you to be, it's going to take you putting in some work to see yourself brought to a place of healing. But we don't like work. I remember when I was a kid, my parents used to force us to do the gardens. And, 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 and I would purposely do a really bad job so that they would stop forcing me to do the gardens. And, and my sisters did a great job, so they always got sent out to do the gardens instead of me until I was stupid enough to tell my mum that that was my plan, just do a bad job. And she still reminds me of that today. She's like, oh yeah, we know how you operate, Bart. You just do a bad job so no one asks you to do it again. I'm like, no, it's not who I am anymore, mum. But the truth is, the truth is, we don't like to put in a lot of effort. We want God to just instantaneous, instantaneously grow us. We want God to just instantaneously click his fingers and we are this perfect human being because of, no, 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 it's gonna take a bit of effort. It's gonna take a bit of training. And in the end, you will be able to look back and you'll be like, say, able to say, once upon a time, I was Gideon sitting in a wine press, but now I am the mighty warrior that God always saw. Two questions before we finish. Two questions that that we already touched on last week. The first one was this, what stronghold, what strongholds are holding you back? Where are you being held hostage? What strongholds, what mindsets, what lies of the enemy are holding you back? I don't just want you to write down the question, I want you to write down the answer to that question. What strongholds are are holding you back? You don't have to show this to anyone. Maybe it's something embarrassing. Maybe it's something insecure. But what strongholds are holding you back? There's something that's keeping you small. There's something that's keeping you where you are right now. Maybe it's God can never use me. I'll never get ahead. I'm always gonna screw up. I'm always gonna battle with weight. I'm never going to be able to step into the call of God. My family will never truly love me. I'll never get over my past. Whatever it is that the enemy is telling you, whatever it is the stronghold is, you need to take ownership of it. Why? Because the second question, which is gonna come in right now is this, what is the truth that demolishes that stronghold? What is the truth that demolishes that stronghold? What is the truth that comes in, the truth of God that comes in and says, when you look at yourself and say you're nothing, and God says, but with me, you're everything. When you look at yourself and say, I'll never achieve, and then God says, but, but with me, you're we can, we can, we, destined for greatness. What is, the, what is it when you say, I'm the weakest in my family, the weakest in my clan, and God says, no, 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 with me, you're going to set this nation free. Oh, what is it when the enemy says, but my, when you, the enemy tells you that you'll never get over your past, the family you came from will always define who you are, and God says, no, no, I've adopted you into my family. You've been made new. What is the truth? that demolishes that stronghold. Maybe it's my God is for me. My God is a great provider. I want you to today, and it's gonna take effort. It's not just gonna take you guys. You say, yeah, good and go home and just go back about your day. The truth is, what I want you to do is I want you to write it. I want you to think it. And I want you to confess it until you believe it. What is the stronghold that's keeping you small? Every morning when you wake up, I want you to see it written down. I want you to think it want you to confess it until you believe it because the stronghold's always going to be a stronghold in your life until you've allowed God to transform your mind or as scientists would put it you've created new neural pathways it's always going to keep you small until you say "No, no 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 I think I'm thinking I'm purposefully thinking I'm confessing it with my mouth there's power in the tongue and now I believe what God has called you see for Gideon to come out of that wine press to come out of that small way of thinking it wasn't just a moment it wasn't just that instantaneously he knew who he was because we read the rest of his journey and he still struggled but it was him saying you know what there is someone who walks with me who sees something in me that is far larger than i've ever been able to see in myself and as, he, and as he began to walk with God, he began to think differently. He began to confess things differently, and then he started to believe differently. The power of God's Word renews your mind until we respond with truth. Some of you struggle with worry all the time and you're held hostage to your fear. Maybe for you, you need to write down, my God is for me. He knows even the very hairs on my head he knows everything I need. You write it, you think it, you confess it until you believe it. Maybe you're unsure about tomorrow and you've got, you lack confidence. You, you write down, come on, I know that my God loves me. I know my God has created me for greatness. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Maybe maybe, uh, you, know, maybe you struggle with, with your past and you keep allowing your past to define who you are. And it's like, no, no, no my God has numbered my tomorrows. My God knows that I'm destined for great things. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. It's not gonna be an easy thing. I think we keep thinking this journey just instantaneously fixes itself. But no, it takes us saying, come on, God, who do you see me to be? And using that to demolish the strongholds, using that to demolish the lies, captive every thoughts, captive every time, and then taking them to Jesus. Taking those thoughts captive, don't give up on a journey bringing them before Jesus. Come on, don't give up. Don't give up on a journey that God has called you to. Because greatness is coming. The nation's gonna get saved. The Midianites are gonna flee. The enemy's going to fall apart. It's going to take place, but it won't take place if you stay in the wine press. It won't take place if you stay in the wine. Let's just stand before God this morning. Thank you Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the truth that you speak into our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the truth that you speak into our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have no rival. That there is nothing in you which can, which can even allow defeat, which even enjoys defeat. You're a God who's so much stronger than our every circumstance, our every obstacle. And Lord, we stand here today knowing that part of us still believes as Gideon would in a wine priest. Part of us still believes as the the warrior would that's being kept small. But part of us knows that you see something much greater and that is our new truth. We're going to demolish the strongholds of the enemy, which would keep us small and in a wine press. We're going to demolish the strongholds of the enemy that would keep us in a small, confined space. And instead, we're going to take the truth that you declare over us: that we are mighty, that we are that we are destined for greatness, that we are overcomers, that we are victorious. We're going to take that, and we're going to demolish the strongholds of the enemy in this place. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your favor. I just, I just got this picture. And, and it goes right back to the beginning of time when, when God had created the earth. He'd made it beautiful. There were animals, there were hills, there were mountains, there was sun, sea, sky. It was all there. And there was one thing that was missing. And he has this discussion with those around him and he says, you know what? We're gonna make man and we're gonna make them in my image. We're going to make them in my image, and and I just had this picture of of of, of the dust of the earth, and, and God just bent down and he formed you, he shaped you, and then he breathed life into your nostrils, and, and and you came to life. You came, you became a being. Here's the thing: God never created you to be subject to fear to be subject to worry, to be subject to insecurity. He never created you to live your life hidden in a press because the enemies are so fiery, because the temptations are so dark, because the addictions are so fearsome. No, no, no. He created you to walk with your head held high, knowing that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. That's who He created you to be. He breathed His breath into your nostrils. Why? Not so that you would be in a wine- but so that you would be a winner, a warrior for Him. Come on, that is who you you are in this space. And I'm just gonna ask the team to lead us through a bit of, um, what a beautiful name, You Have No Rival. And and I want want you to be in this space. Ask yourself those questions. What is the stronghold that's keeping me small? And what is the truth that I need to be declaring? You know, and if you're here in this space and you know that that you're living in that space of fear, you're living in that space where you're not matching up to what God is seeing right now, I wanna encourage you, just as the team leads us in worship, be brave and be bold and slip out of your seats and come to the front because there are people who wanna declare with you who God sees you to be. Sometimes you need someone to stand with you and say, no, 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 you are a mighty warrior. You are someone of significance you, And if you can't make the declaration yourself today, just come out of your seat and have someone else declare that over you. Because I believe there's power in the Word. There's power in the tongue. Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Let's leave be... I know where
1: my help comes from It's in the presence of my enemy And I will lift up my voice and sing Oh, 'Cause I know where my head comes from I know where my head comes from oh, I know where my head comes from and I know where my head comes from